You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of PimTalk. I hope you are well. And for this episode, we are talking to Matthijs Koch uh, that has uh, a lot of experience around e-commerce uh, within the Benelux, an entrepreneur, and also a guy that does a lot of online content uh, with his own podcast. And so it's all in Dutch. So here you have the opportunity to hear him in English and uh, share his experiences. So... Without further ado, let's go in to the talk. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the Dutch market when it comes to e-commerce and, uh, and other things. And I'm very happy to have Matthijs here on the show. So welcome to PimTalk. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Thomas. Yeah, and I mean it's also nice to have a fellow podcaster here as well, and and you will have to, you will tell me a little bit about um, that in a while. But maybe you could start just presenting yourself, who you are, your background, and what you do for a living, so to speak. Okay, so uh, hello, thank you for having me again in the show. I'm uh, Matthijs Kok. It's a really strange name to say it out loud in English, but it's like uh, K O K. Uh, and uh, in, it's a Dutch word for cook, so someone who does your cooking. Um, I'm um, at this point. I'm 39 years old. I have two kids, and I live with my wife wife in the northern parts of the Netherlands. And I'm an entrepreneur, as they say, family first, because I love my kids and I want to see them grow up. So I see them every day. I'm here at home at supper, not only during Corona crisis, but, but uh, the last 10 years of my entrepreneurial life as well. So, um, yeah, I'm a big family guy uh, and uh, an entrepreneur second. I have, uh, I think I, I built four businesses before the one I'm currently starting uh, and it's all uh, within the digital space. So I started a company that does Magento implementations. And along the way, we also adopt different PIM solutions uh, in River as well. And uh, we started a different agency who did uh, like shopware implementations. We took over an agency that was more like into design and UX 
and we implemented that as well. Then my business partner started a marketing agency. So there was like a different companies came together within one house. And then we also thought about, okay, what, what are we going to call the house as well? And that was the point in my uh, career as a as an as an entrepreneur that I wanted to do something else with my life. I uh, I think at the end there were like seventy employees in all the different businesses, and I was on at the point that I think, okay, is this what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, or do is this the time that I spin off and do something completely different, uh, more. Uh, uh, you know, more in touch with who I am and what I want to do. Uh, and that was, I think, last August. And I came across uh, a strange American guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know him. And not personally. Not personally, you know, but you heard about him maybe. And he, he inspired me to reconnect with myself and, and help me see different ways to, um, uh, do business on another level, more personal, less stressed. So th that's where I started to think about, okay, what, what, what do I want to do now? Uh, so I started my new podcast. It's called, it's called Ask Matthijs. Um, and it's a podcast where I uh, do different talks with all different uh, people uh, in the industry. It's in Dutch for now. Yeah, so I, I, you know, of course, uh, before an episode like this, I, I, I like to do my research and so on. But unfortunately, you know, I, I, I fell short when it comes to listening to your podcast because it's, <laughs> uh, it's only in Dutch. So. Yeah, yeah. While I have to struggle with the whole, you know, global audience in English, even if it's not my native language. So uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, and that's why it's good to do this kind of podcast because you are now the host, and I can ease into doing a podcast maybe in not my native tongue so thank you for that as well <laughs> yeah this could be your big break you, you never know you know my big break to stand and the big step to go to the english uh, language in the podcast as well yeah so so you were with uh, guapa how do you uh, e-commerce the company you worked for for 10 years is it guapa yeah i started guapa e-commerce yeah uh, and uh, the, there were different labels that we started and took over and bought and we sell and stopped and start. So yeah. I, I, I've learned a lot about entrepreneurship in the last 10 years uh, and a lot about myself as well. Uh, what are my shortcomings and what are the things that I like? So uh, at the beginning of this year, I started a new company. It's called Unhyped yeah. because I saw in the e-commerce, I think in the digital market as in general, that there are a lot of entrepreneurs and other people in the business that are struggling with, okay, what are the next steps for me to take to become a more mature player in the digital space? What kind of software do I need? What kind of people do I need? What kind of mindset do I need? So that's where Unhyped is more like a strategic agency helping you to redefine your brand and uh, be more, uh, uh, yeah, well, enhance the potential that's in the brand as well. Uh, and I, th I think it's all, it all, it all starts with that. So it's, it starts with a, with a, a good brand that has a great sense of urgency and a great sense of, okay, what do I like to accomplish and what do I like to do with the, with the company? What do, do I like to achieve? 
change the the world, stuff like that, to be better to people. I see. So your podcast, I w- would like to, you know, uh, what are your typical guests? What are you talking about? And it's uh, Ask Mateus. Uh, I guess you get questions, or what, what's what sort of what sort of your your concept? I ask questions and I get questions. Yeah. So uh, the podcast for me is uh, a way to uh, maybe do like lead sourcing because at some point in your life you try to. Get in contact with all different people that are um, that you want to work with or that you see as a potential customer. And I know for a fact because I did that the last ten years of my entrepreneurial life. You send messages through LinkedIn. You do all all sort of networking events. You do like everything you can to get in contact with the right kind of people. And I think the. The, the percentage of people that really engage with you is very low. But I think you know as a fact that when you ask people to join you in a podcast, the scoring rate is about 70%. So it's for me the best way to uh, get to know people I maybe want to work with in the near future and share knowledge with people in, in any way that I can. So it's really providing value to the people in my network as well as maybe be the glue yeah uh, to connecting people with each other and and it's a, it's a great way to get to know people in a very intimate way uh, because you are in their ears all the time <laughs> yeah and and i mean as you say it's a great way of building relationship with your guests it's also a way to to you know uh, have sort of a relationship with your audience and and learn I, i mean today you know what i'm hoping to learn from from the episode today is a, b- a bit more about you know what the dutch or the benelux market looks like when it comes to e-commerce what i would be interesting to know is you know what are the major players in the benelux when it comes to marketplaces big e-tailers i mean in these times as well we see that our customers they are trying to extend their range their their different touch points with their customers through new digital channels and, and maybe you could just you know paint the picture what's that like in, in the benelux area so in the benelux we have like a, f- uh, a few major players Uh, I think the uh, the the most are known in Sweden as well. We have, uh, I think, one of the biggest. It's it's from the Ahold company. So Albert Heijn is a big uh, supermarket, and I think they are all over the world at this point. Um, and they bought Bol.com. Yeah. And and Bol.com is like a marketplace, and uh, uh, it's it's like the Dutch version of Amazon. Yeah, I actually have a meeting with them next week or the week after that. I mean, we are working very much with syndication, and we are building relationship with all of those players. So I'm soon going to be in meetings with them. So uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. For podcast as well, or uh, not to start with, but uh, who knows? Uh, it's definitely th- those kind of things. You know, when you start in building those relationships, then you can do that kind of things as well. So, yeah, yeah. But 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 they are sort of the Amazon of uh, of the Netherlands. But but Amazon has actually established themselves now in the Benelux as well, right? Very recently. Yeah, I think it, I think it was like a week before the the Corona crisis hit. Yeah. 
so uh, they were very uh, aggressive in the news and everybody picked it up because it was like a big cloud hanging over our heads. The big Amazon is coming and what would it do? And so as everybody was speculating and, and at, at the point that they launched uh, in first, uh, they launched for merchants to sign up with them. So that was the first, I think that was in February, maybe January already. And then in March, they uh, end of March, they they launched in the Netherlands. But there were the the the, the 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 products and the things that they sold were very poor. Uh, translations were not that good. So the first impressions were very bad. Uh, but I, I, for a fact, you know that it takes time for them to ramp up and to get things in order. So, but uh, and at this point, I think uh, Amazon all over the world is closed for external retailers to uh, to bring them to fulfill by amazon so th i think that's an a thing that that maybe puts off the the the, the, the benelux they were already big in the netherlands and eh? do not forget that because through the german domain the amazon.da they were already in the top 10 uh, of biggest e-tailers e in, in the Benelux for, I think, at least the last five to eight years. Yeah. But I understand that that Bull.com has had, you know, their special sort of place and position. Uh, uh, what other players do you have? So we have like Vacomp. That's a really strong and old brand in the Benelux because they were... Uh, when I was a child, I always uh, uh, got the, the Vacomp uh, catalog, I think two or three times a year, and they were like a really old post-order player. Oh. And they were very big in like uh, pay, in a, pay uh, after uh, receiving your products. So uh, it was a more a financial-based company than it was a, a postal order because I think... 90% of everything that they did, their income and their revenue stream was in like, uh, how do you call it? Debit and, 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 uh, interest. Okay. For people to pay, uh, in, in, uh, to pay, pay in, uh, I don't know, I don't, don't know the English word right now, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I understand. And, and I mean, that, that's also for us, um, uh, Vacamp is one of our customers, so it's mm -hmm. of course nice to to hear that they are well positioned in, in the Benelux as well. And uh, I think we know that uh, being an e-tailer, they are among the the largest ones. Yeah, very very large, but they are like in trouble because there are like some VCs who had their fingers in the in the in the company, and that there was a, a a bit of a strong time for them. So the last months, we saw some different. Uh, things that they uh, uh, changed and rolled out. So uh, in first, they said, okay, for returns, we are now charging our customers because we are not making any money bottom line. So that was the first one. And I think now they are all also uh, charging people for, um, for uh, uh, shipping as well. So not only returns, but on, also shipping. So that's also some, and there were some changes over there. So that's a big player in the Netherlands. And then we have like in the last, I think five to 10 years, Cool Blue okay. is really coming up. They are really strong brand. They have a, 
when when it comes to branding and what I said before that it all starts with a with a strong brand. I think Cool Blue is one of the most talked about uh, uh, brands that really ramped up quickly. And what do you buy from them? What do you buy there? Everything you need electronically. So fridges, uh, washing machines, dryers. Okay. I think everything electrical. Are they a marketplace or or an e-tailer? I don't or? know if they have the ambitions the ambition to become a marketplace, but they have the the reach to become one. Okay, yeah. I think they are as big as maybe even bigger at this point in in revenue and and in reach uh, as bold.com. Okay. So they are a big player in the in the Benelux. They have their own uh, way of doing stuff and that's it, it, I think the the main thing that Kublu really understands is that it's the customer that has needs and they are really good at at looking at the customer journey and helping the customer uh, far far beyond shipping them uh, the products that they buy from Kublu okay so for example if you buy uh, if and it's a, it's a great story to tell. So if you have uh, the the if you are at the point that your washing machine broke down, mm. for the end consumer that's a disaster. It's always on in a point at in your life that it's not convenient at all. Yeah, it's like Saturday. Your kids have to go to soccer post and pre-corona crisis so they have to go to soccer practice and right at that point the the soccer clothes are still in the in the washing machine uh, so you have a big pile and the kids so what do people want if they want a new washing machine they want to uh, do they want it at that moment because the the other one broke down no i don't think so they want to have the the choice when they want the washing machine delivered so that's very smart for them to do to to give the customer choice in okay i want to new i want to buy a new washing machine but when do i want it okay so you can you can choose when do, but then the other thing is okay i don't want to go to the store and pick one up and put it in the back of my car and maybe break my back <laughs> to ship it i want someone someone else to do it for me okay so that's something that they are doing as well they have their own transport they have like people that are always that's their credo they 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 do everything with a smile so they bring the the washing machine to your home and they own not only that they also install it for you free of charge no extra cost okay yeah and the other thing is that if you look at the end, con end consumer what do they want with the old machine they want to get rid of it okay then we take the old one with us as well okay yeah so if you look at the journey that the customer is going through when they want to buy a new washing machine i think cool blue and that's one example that they do very very good uh, look at what are the customers needs and how can we provide them to have a seamless experience with our brand mm. yeah and i think i mean it's a really good example where, where you you know have the customer in focus and uh, not just you know shipping shipping your your products uh, and look at at, at that product uh, process so so it's not the washing machine that they sell and that's not why they i think they are at that point like the biggest washing machine seller in in the benelux 
because they they know what the customer wants and how they can help them. Yeah, and I think in many different businesses, uh, no matter what you're selling, having that sort of um, mindset when you think about what you deliver. I mean, you always hear that you should deliver value, you should solve the customer's problems. But I mean, do you really want to do that? Do you want to take that old washing machine? And do you want to help them install? Because it, it takes commitment, it takes resources, it will cost you money, yeah. um, but you will you will get a very happy customer in, in the end. So I, I guess here is, you know, where you need to make a decision and, and also change the way you work um, yeah. and not to just talk about how customer-centric you're going to be. But also do it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue talk with Lee Oden about PIM, SEO, content marketing, and B2B influencers. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. What would you say, I mean, you, you've been in the e-commerce business in the Netherlands for, for a long time. What's the maturity when it comes to e-commerce and the adoption of e-commerce within companies? Um, and I mean, there has been many iterations through the years. Uh, and how, how far have have you come in the Netherlands? Yeah, I think uh, I think the, there's a big gap. There are a lot of people that uh, are very mature and, and know their way around. Um, but there are also a lot of people that, that don't know where to go, what kind of software there is uh, available in the marketplace to help them, um, how they can do good implementations, how can they, and again, just as I said before with the cool blue example, um, it's hard for, for merchants to sit behind their desk, uh, because a lot of us are doing that and at this time also at home mm. but to see through the digital uh, uh and 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 look at what does the customer want what what are their needs i think there are a lot of uh, people that don't make that connection with the customer and i think that's that's the main issue at this point mm. so if, if someone really wants to be different in the marketplace they really have to look at the customer journey and what are the needs of the clients is there any particular platforms for e-commerce that are especially, you know, popular in in your region? Would you say? Yeah, I think we are. We have a Dutch-based uh, SaaS platform. Platform. Yeah. So we had. I think it's. It was called SEO Shop, and it's been acquired by Lightspeed from Canada. Okay. Uh, so that's one that is a, a really big in the SMB in the smaller marketplace. Uh, I think Magento still has a lot of market share in the Benelux as well. Uh, but when you see now that the marketplace is maybe maturing and Magento is, is, uh, been acquired by 
Adobe, there are a lot of merchants that has to mi- that have to migrate from what Magento one to two that are now making different choices uh, because of the costs of the system and the time to take it that, that it takes to implement it. So uh, I think in 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 uh, uh, good English, it's um, total cost of ownership and total and and time to uh, time to market. So those two are very hard in Magento too at this point. Yeah. What would be an alternative for, for a Dutch company that wants to sort of leave the Magento world, would you say? Yeah, I, I think it's very depending on uh, how big your company is at this point and maybe as well, uh, okay, what do you think that the market is going to? Okay, yeah. Uh, we already We already talked about marketplaces. I think another big player that we are currently not, uh, uh, maybe not take enough into uh, into account are social media. Yeah, I think the social media are uh, the next big thing next to marketplaces. So there are a lot of social media platforms that are currently working on a way to sell products from their platform. And with with the with the the end consumer not even leaving the platform, so like Instagram, you can you can buy stuff from Instagram, Facebook, TikTok as well. Working on a buy button, but maybe more uh, e-commerce uh, like uh, stuff are are being implemented in the near future. So I think social media is a big. Uh, the next big thing uh, comparing to marketplaces. Mm. So if you look at that and you look at the future. In my opinion, your uh, your uh, own e-commerce website is not that uh, for for a lot of merchants. That's not that important anymore because uh, it's really hard, really expensive to get traffic to your website, mm. and with less money, maybe less uh, time. You can also sell through marketplaces and through social media. Mm. So you have to have like presence on the internet. But I think for a lot of merchants, a SaaS solution is is perfect. Yeah. But you have to have the the, the, the the good backbone. So if you want to grow, I think a PIM in what kind of form is is for for smaller and bigger merchants really a must have to go to all the different touch points yeah that that's the thing i mean if you only have one channel if it's only your own e-commerce i mean all e-commerces has some kind of product catalog management or so on maybe you don't have a good workflow support or where you can work with the data quality or or the uh, data completeness and all of that that you might you know think is um mm-hmm. must have in a pim what you expect but uh, i mean some companies will probably um, be enough but as soon as you start adding more channels and when you want to make sure that your your content is sort of also adjusted to fit requirements uh, and to also fit the tone of voice other things you want to have for these channels uh, then you, you really need to be on top of things because mm-hmm. otherwise you will do duplicate work in many different interfaces and places you you will risk having you know unconsistent information yeah 
and so on. So yeah. there is also where we see, especially nowadays, where when companies might want to, you know, uh, try out new channels uh, and really utilize uh, different ways of marketing and selling their products digitally, that the need for good payment syndication support really is uh, important. And, uh, and even if you're uh, maybe a smaller merchant at this point, uh, it's always hard to uh, implement new ways of working in an, in an ongoing uh, concern. So if you have uh, any indication of, okay, I have uh, different channels, maybe marketing needs, if you have uh, different people working on different kinds of uh, uh, content uh, and you have different channels, then implement a PIM as soon as possible because it, it's a, it will be a, a far more and, and far more expensive endeavor when you implement it when you are further along the way. Yeah, and I know for a fact that if you work with Magento and you have different stores in different languages, it's a pain in the ass because you have to switch. the it, The multi store that Magento provides is perfect and it's really nice to work with. But from a content perspective, it's. I have now I have a client that I do content for, and we have like th- uh, 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 the the DAG region. So we have Germany, S- Switzerland, and. Austria that we are that's all in German but you can't like provide the same content in language for the three countries you all have to copy paste it every time because the native one is in Dutch so it's it's a pain in the ass so Matthias it was really nice having you on the show uh, and I, I mean I, I think it went um, perfect doing this in English so I mean maybe you should try out one episode now and then uh, having a uh, sort of uh, guests on the show that uh, from from other countries, uh, you know, it's the same. I've I've done podcasts in Swedish before, and of course, that's uh, you know more convenient in a way. But it's it's also very exciting when you see that you get listeners from all over the world. You yeah, know, you know, from Australia. Actually, the the largest listening base that uh, we have right now is in the U.S. So so in the beginning it was Sweden in the, in the Nordic country, but but now it's definitely in the U.S. So so that's quite cool. <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, I like that. So any final words? Yeah, if you if you have, I think that if you have um, things you want to know about regarding to your brand or regarding to what is the next step that we have to take in regards to uh, maybe implement another system next to Magento or maybe a PIM, what's the right one for us at this point in our maturity? Just hit me up. Yeah, where where can you? Where can people find you? I have my own website, MatthijsKok.com, and uh, you can find me on all social medias through the handle Ask Matthijs and uh, on, on LinkedIn as well. So if you type in my name, Matthijs Kok with K-O-K, yeah. then uh, you will find me in LinkedIn and just hit me up and send me a message and I will see what I can do to help you free of charge. Sounds great. So thank you again and uh, see you around. Okay. Thanks, Thomas. See you later. Bye-bye. So hi, Nikki. What do you have from the InRiver community today? Hi, Thomas. So this week, my community tip is to check out the Community Connect Challenge. What is that? Yeah, so this is 
during COVID-19, I think we have all been very isolated. We haven't really been able to meet our friends and family face to face. And neither has the PIM community been able to meet physically on events such as Pinpoint. So to, as a reaction to this, we have created a fun community connect uh, challenge so that we can meet and get to know the people in our PIM community uh, through short videos. Okay, and how, where do I find it? You find it in the community where it says meet our PIM community and click there and you can find it there. Okay. And I've seen that you've already been challenged, challenged Thomas, and shared your video. I've been and uh, yeah, I've shared my video as well. So go to the service center into the community section and post your video. Yes. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Thomas. If you want to join the next live stream, that is going to be on Thursday, the 25th of June. So at 4.30 p.m. CEST or 10.30 Eastern Time, I will be joined by Roy Eriksson from Concede. And we're going to talk about uh, the best of breed approach when it comes to your IT system. So, I mean, you might have an ERP, a PLM, a PIM, a DAM, an e-com system and so on. And there might be different considerations when you look at such a setup. So uh, we're going to take part of Roy's expertise and also some uh, examples from from different uh, user cases. So looking forward to see you there and then you also can ask questions live in the chat so um, thank you for listening and uh, have a nice summer day thank you for listening for feedback tips and questions you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at twitter please if you like the show go into itunes and give us a good review and if you would like to see some behind the scenes material bloopers and live streams you can follow pimtalk on instagram see you again in two weeks bye